Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really glad you're here. Today, I wanted to talk about a topic that came up quite frequently this week and I think is a common topic of conversation that should have some attention given to it. And that is the act of planning any home renovation. The topic mainly came up because I wanted to share what I experience on a lot of first initial meetings. And typically it goes something like this. They call me in because they know they've sort of reached a point where they need to get their project to another level. So often I'm called when a kitchen renovation or a bath renovation or a small renovation inside the house is something that they want to take on, but they're not sure which direction to take it in. So the first meeting typically is to, you know, obviously see the existing conditions and then to basically listen. And my role is to take lots of notes and listen to what the clients, you know, plan and or what they've already planned and what their goals are. Now, more often than not, there are very few solid details in the planning department and mostly just pictures of pretty things or hopes and dreams and a wish list. And I'm sitting there and I always take it all in and I listen to it thoroughly. And if it's a kitchen, more often than not, it's um, a little bit more than just aesthetics. So they maybe don't like where the sink is and they want to move it over to the other side of the room or the refrigerator is in an awkward spot and they'd much rather have it, you know, somewhere else and or they're missing electrical or they need better lighting and, you know, things of that nature. It's not typically keep the existing cabinetry, swap out new appliances. That's just not something that I typically get involved with. So I listen and they tend to go on and on, you know, for a good 30, 40 minutes of all the things they've seen, whether it was you know in these magazines or on HGTV or in their friends' homes, and they detail them all out. And then I say, okay, so what have you done next? And they're like, um... Well, we started looking at appliances. We started looking at cabinetry and we really like this. And I'm like, no, 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 those are selections. But what planning have you actually done? What steps have you taken to actually put your dreams in an orderly manner and, and know that they're even possible? And that's, of course, you know, when everyone sort of looks at me like, huh, yeah, well, and I said, well, that's a good thing you called me because let's put that planning into place. And so the reason I bring this up today is because more often than not, they don't call someone like me. They jump right to a contractor. And, and I you know, obviously can't say why that is. It's possible they don't know the role that uh, many interior designers can play in this situation. 
Most of the time, people seem to know that an architect is not necessary unless they're moving load-bearing walls or putting on an exterior addition that's going to tie into the existing house. So typically, they immediately call a contractor and they want numbers right away, right? How much is this going to cost me? Now, depending on the contractor, and I've worked with all different types of contractors, I work with one right now, and he is not comfortable in the design of anything. He wants to be told where everything is going to go, and he makes it work. There are other contractors out there that you know we've mentioned in the past that really do get involved in that design and aesthetic element of it. And there's every guy in between. But what I want to make sure people are doing is that they're finding the right team partner for their project. And I really mean partner. You are not handing off your home and your project to a contractor. You just simply are. You're also, by the way, not handing off your project and your home to someone like me either. It is a partnership. And the reason it is so critical to bring in these partners early on is because we can make sure that what you really want can actually happen. So for instance, if we're going to stick with this kitchen example, someone wants to move their sink, it seems easy. And you see it on these shows and you think, oh, look, they just moved the sink and they rearranged the entire you know, room. And gosh, it makes a huge difference. What those shows don't detail out is the difficulty of moving plumbing in a room. You have drains. Drains have to be at a certain pitch so that water naturally with gravity falls. You know, things of that nature that a homeowner, probably if I've said that out loud, you're going, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But in the moment, they're like, nope, I'd rather the sink over here. So now in kitchens in particular, more often than not, they're on a first floor. And again, more often than not, there's, you know, hopefully either a crawl space or an unfinished basement or something or a partially finished basement. So moving pipes is possible, not always possible, but mostly possible. And these are things that are not regularly thought out by a homeowner. And that's what I want to start educating you in thinking about all of these behind the scenes, in the walls components of any renovation, kitchens, bathroom, you know, even if you're updating electrical, things of that nature, you want to put a window in, you want to put a bigger window in, what's in that wall? Now, if you're obviously a homeowner, you may not know what's in the wall, but you know you need to keep in mind that I want to make a bigger window, but I know that there might be something in the wall that you know, maybe can be rerouted somewhere else, or maybe it just will you know, negate the entire situation and that bigger window is not possible. So these are the elements that will save homeowners a lot of heartache because I have been a part of situations where the hopes and the dreams are dashed simply because the physical nature of the house won't support these changes without radical changes. And most people are not looking to take on radical changes when they think of, I'm just going to rearrange my kitchen, right? So these are part of the planning that I think should fall in your hands before you bring in a contractor. So for instance, a kitchen, right? Automatically you say, what's below my kitchen? Obviously, you'll know if it's a finished basement, you might be ripping out the ceiling and therefore, okay, I'm going to rip out the ceiling and I'm going to have drywall patch and paint, you know, repairs tacked onto this project. 
Or you may say to yourself, you know, shoot, this was built on slab. I don't know. Is there a crawl space? I think there might be a little bit. That's going to prove a little trickier. Or, you know, you have crawl space. Okay. So you see if you can get into that crawl space. I promise it won't be pretty, but you can look around and see, you know, how open is everything? You know, how accessible are certain areas? You might have footers where, you know, the support of the house is that you're not aware of. And you think, oh, shoot, that's kind of where I want to put the sink. Chances are that's not going to work. Or you may have something in between. You know, we were just finishing up a project and it had a dropped ceiling in the basement. So again, it was accessible, but, you know, we had to move tiles around to peek around and see what was what. We actually found a um, an air conditioning duct that you know went into a different room. We couldn't see it from standing where we were initially. And we were like, okay, that's going to be a problem. It's a workaround, but we needed to know that in the beginning. Now, if it's something like a bathroom on a second floor, it's a little trickier, but you also know, okay, I'm standing in the bathroom. What's below me? It's the living room. Okay. Well then that living room ceiling is likely going to have to get some holes put in it. Maybe not. If you're pulling the entire floor up, maybe you can go from the bathroom down. But these are the things I want you to be considering so that if, if it's not bad news, then it's a win. But at least you've got the full project in your head. If you're going to say, make a bigger window, what's above the window? What's below the window? You know, are there plumbing lines running through that wall? Chances are in an exterior wall, you don't have plumbing because of freeze frost issues, but you may have electrical, you may have all sorts of stuff and you likely do have all sorts of stuff in those walls that may have to be contended with. So those are the things that need to be thought through and not just stand in a finished space looking around going, I really want that kitchen sink, you know, on the far wall. So how do you go about this? You know, where do you stop your research, your planning, and then bring in a professional? So I would say you go through those steps that we just outlined, and that's where that triggers that next step, that next professional involvement, and whether that's an architect, an interior designer, or a contractor. Now, an architect is needed, well, for a variety of reasons. Some people bring in architects because they want certain architectural features involved. They know that they're moving a lot of walls. Likely at least one will be load-bearing. An architect will have to create drawing that will have to get approved in order to get a permit from your local licensing board. Now, an interior designer, a licensed interior designer like myself, we can move any non-load-bearing walls. And by load-bearing walls, a load-bearing wall actually helps hold the secondary floor up, or if you're a one-story, it helps hold the roof up. They're pretty important. The third professional to get involved is a contractor. Maybe you don't think you need an architect. Maybe you don't think you need an interior designer. Maybe you have a contractor that has those features. Some construction companies are big enough. They have different departments. They have you know, people that help with the design. Now, a contractor will also flag an area and say, hey, this is a load-bearing wall. We need to bring in an architect. That's fine. So you can always start with a contractor and back into a different professional if they find that that's needed for permitting purposes. Now, I keep mentioning permitting. Depending on where you are and what country you're in, there are going to be a variety of different permits that are required to do almost any project. 
And the permitting is going to be paid for by you, but typically handled by the contractor. So meaning you are not the one going down to your governmental offices and trying to get these permits approved and then inspected and signed off on, right? That's something that the contractor handles. That cost of it, and that will vary depending on where you are, that will fall to you to pay in a part of the entire project's costs. They're not prohibitively expensive, but it is something that you're going to have to consider when you're making your budgets. Now, where you are and how much that cost will depend and depend on how many you need and different trades, et cetera. But just keep that in mind. Put that as a line item on your budget list. Okay, what permits do we need? How much will they cost? And then also confirm that the contractor will handle that paperwork process. I do not recommend you going out on your own and doing them. One, um, it's just something they do every day. They often have a contact that that can sort of streamline the process. And two, it's just, it's a time suck that I don't think most homeowners really want to take on. That's why you've hired professionals to do the work for you. So that if you're looking to cut some corners on your budget, I wouldn't consider that a viable option. I think there are other areas that you could probably take on that would be a little bit more fruitful for you in the end. So these are the things that are going to be critical to make sure that what you're dreaming of can actually happen. Because there's nothing worse than being, and I have sadly been a part of this, there's nothing worse than dashing the hopes and dreams of a homeowner. Now, we've had this sadly in the past, and more often than not, it's really no one's fault other than they've been dreaming and planning it for years on end, but hadn't brought anyone in to look at it. And then lo and behold, when they do bring someone in, we don't mean to be the bad guys, but we're the bearer of bad news. And we say, well, it is possible, but, and then, you know, we detail out all the additional things that will have to be done in order to support whatever this new dream is, whatever this new goal is for the homeowner. Uh, Sometimes it makes a project too big and the homeowner's like, nope, we're not going to go there. And that's, that's really no one's goal. It's not the, any professional's goal. We want everyone to be happy and see their dreams come to fruition. But a true professional will also point these things out in the beginning and not take you down the garden path and, and bring them up along the way, as there's really no upside to, for a professional to doing that, right? Then everybody feels taken advantage of. And we want everyone to be making, you know, really educated decisions from the beginning. So everybody's on the same page and the team can work fluidly throughout the process. So planning, it really is a critical stage in the process. And I don't mean grab a bunch of magazines and tear out pictures of, you know, your beautiful kitchen and bathrooms and family rooms and what have you that you're planning for. There, of course, that plays one tiny role in it, but the planning is truly that. It is nuts and bolts planning. Like I said, it's really stages, right? Fine, go get your magazines, get the pretty pictures. But the really next important step early on is to figure out how hard do I think this is going to be? You don't need to be a contractor to figure that out, right? To review, you stand in a room. What's above me? 
What's below me? What's to the left? What's to the right? What are through these walls? Chances are, if you're looking at a wall and there's a bathroom on the other side and the sink is on that wall, there's plumbing in that wall, right? These are just logical things that you have to start thinking about in a bigger picture. If there's plumbing in that wall and I want to put plumbing on this side of the wall, might be crowded. There might not be any room. I really want to put the plumbing on the center of the wall in the new side. That might not be possible because you're not going to disrupt the plumbing on the other side. You know, these are the things, the kinds of things, and you won't get it all right. And I'm not going to fool you into thinking that. But the more sort of detective work you can do on your own, just simply walking into the room next to it and saying, what's here? Is there an outlet? Is there a light switch? Is there a heating duct? Is there an air conditioning duct? Is there a standing radiator? All of these things possibly will play into what you want to do in the room next to it or above it or below it. You know, the more you can sort of sleuth out on your own, the more, first of all, the more educated you will be, the more you will be able to play an active role in the initial process of the contractor coming in and saying, hey, well, what's going on here? Well, I want to put the sink over there. Oh, did you know? Oh, yeah, I know that there's something below us. And no, that shows the contractor that you are a team player. You are educating yourself along the way. Goes a long way for us. I promise. We as professionals like our clients to be as educated as possible. It just makes it easier on us. Now, the education may not be as fully fleshed out as we'd like, but that's okay. And just knowing that you're interested and wanting to have that knowledge is amazing, in my opinion. So you want to start doing that, right? Go looking around your house. What's outside? If there's an outside wall that you're going to be looking at, what's to the left? What's to the right? Above, below, things like that. What do you think might be, get in your way? Now, it may be that the contractor's like, no, it's no problem. But that's, again, something you've taken on yourself to educate yourself that that might be a problem. So then you want to bring in the professionals after you've done this initial you know, sleuthing of your own house. Then you bring in the professionals and whether you go straight to a contractor and then they tell you you need to bring in an architect or an interior designer, or whether you start with one of the others and build out from there, that's going to be your comfort level. You might have an architect that you have in mind because you've already done your research on them, bring them in. A professional architect will tell you, I'm not needed. You don't need any sealed drawings for any of this work. So therefore, you could be better served with just using a contractor or something along those lines. Same with an interior designer. Now, an interior designer will also take you to another level. They will help you with the finishes and the fit out and furnishings, depending on the room you're doing. So maybe they're your better first step. And then they can also help vet a, a contractor. They might have their own connections that it will help uh, shorten your list of people that you want to research. And then again, you're going to get into, like we just said, the permitting, any kind of code issues you're going to have, you know, the different trades that'll be involved. And depending on your project, it could be five different trades. It could be three different trades. And it depends on the size of your project, the scope of the work. A scope of the work means the totality of what you're going to be doing. And then at that point, that's when you can start going out and pre-selecting things now that you know what's possible. It is just simply a waste of time for you to go out and start searching for uh, the 
bathtub of your dreams only to find out that you can't put a bathtub where you want it in your bathroom and you're going to stay with a stall shower, right? Why would you want to go out and waste all that time and quite frankly, get your hopes up when you find out in the end, it's not even possible. So I always try to tell people, yeah, start, start putting some things aside or maybe start bookmarking some sites that you see, but don't spend a lot of time on the selection process until you are sure that what you're selecting can actually go into your project. So planning takes time. It is not difficult. It just takes time and thoughtfulness. If you take these steps, if you start really understanding your home from the inside of the walls, you will be so much more educated and in a better, stronger spot when you start bringing in the trades to start looking at the possibilities. And, you know, you may get lucky and the contractor says, well, hey, not only do you not have this issue, but you can even do this part of your dream. You know, that's what we want. But until you get that education, until you start those planning steps on your own, you really will be missing steps. And by missing steps, all that means is losing time. And I know, especially nowadays, time is of the essence. You know, everyone is so busy. Everyone is so overwhelmed with work, getting back to work, construction work. Time is really something that's precious. So don't waste it on skipping steps and jumping to quote the fun stuff before you really get a proper plan in place. So I hope this was helpful. I hope these steps are something that you feel confident in taking on yourself. I really believe this is something that anyone listening to this can do and will make an enormous difference in the beginning stages of getting your project off the ground. And those stages are critical. If you start on a good path in the beginning, the project is set up for success. Now, I'm not saying things won't go wrong, but please try to set your project up for success from the very beginning so that the stumbling and all of that is all avoided. As always, if you have any additional questions, feel free to reach out to me. Love to hear what you're working on and if there's any way I can help, help point you in the right direction. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone. As I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening and I hope to hear from you soon.